Hey guys, before we get started, I want to recognize our newest partner that is BT Lee Sauces and Rubs. I'm a massive fan of his products and everything I've pretty much tried. Um, I'm a big fan of the something something sauce. Uh, the Clevelander is my all time favorite. I put that on just about everything that I cook. Um, one cool thing about them is that each sauce and rub is certified Kentucky proud and it's individually prepared and packaged from small batches to ensure the finest quality and care. So they draw inspiration from various regions, traditions, and flavors. And these carefully crafted artisanal sauces and rubs are made to add style and flavor to every culinary creation. He pulls from everywhere. And I'm telling you, it gives your food an awesome feel and awesome taste. I mean, I'm just, I can't say enough good things about it. So we like him so much that we partnered with them. So if you go to their website and that is www.btlees.com. And if you add slash Salumis 10 to the end of that URL, you'll get 10% off the entire store. That is btlees, that's B-T-L-E-I-G-H-S.com slash Salumis 10. And that's S-A-L-U-M-I-S-T and then the number 10. And you'll get 10% off of the entire store. All right, let's get to it. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Salimus Podcast. This episode is about space. Space is the one thing that we all need but aren't always willing to claim. For many of us, we think that it's supposed to be given to us and in some cases that is true. But for the rest of us, we have to make it. We have to claim it, protect it, curate it, and respect it. In the past year, my life has been in a bit of a holding pattern. Everything seemed temporary because I didn't know exactly where I was heading. Because of that, I lived a pretty low maintenance life where I didn't get attached to much because I felt like it would all change in terms of my environment, making my bonds with everything around me much weaker than they could be. And in a weird way, I kind of started to hate it. What I thought was aiding my growth process was actually stunting me because I am someone that requires things and people to work for, a purpose, if you will. But I learned that folks like me can't even begin to understand purpose if I don't have a space that feels like a home where the conditions are right for me to think, to dream, and not just sleep. So in this episode, Chris and I talk about the importance of having a space that feels like your own on top of other things. So without saying much more, I present to you episode 860, Spaces. Kind of again, I'm a man child and I'm gonna do hood rat shit at Bonnaroo in September. Sure. Uh, so Lay had uh had to go to the vet. She got sick and I I guess I overreacted because you know she almost died. She got poisoned mm. back, you know, on my birthday of last year. Mm. And uh so when she got sick and she's all little and precious, I just freaked out and I called the ER vet and took her to the ER vet and I'm like you know, I'm going to go ahead and drop $600 just to make sure my dog's okay. But that's mm. the thing. Like, I've got the money now. Yeah. Before before I didn't You're have the like, money. Well, I guess she's going to die. Yeah. Like, <laughs> before, I don't know what I'd have done. I'd have had to pawn something or figured something out. But, you know, I've got the money. So I'm going to go ahead and, and take care of it. But, yeah, it was a $600 vet visit last week uh, that I wasn't expecting. And, uh, I got a plumber coming over tomorrow. I mean, it's just, it's one thing after another, but you know, shit ain't bad. It ain't like, I'm like, I ain't down on nothing. Hey, you doing? Yeah. 
I've been good, man. Uh, just new developments and stuff like that. I, I took my first day off uh, on Friday. I don't, I don't, I don't think I've taken a day off this entire, um, the entire year. And so I took a day off and, uh, and I don't say that it's like a bad thing. Um, I just, I like work, you know? Um, and I, and I don't, I don't feel bad about not taking days off, but I was reminded how important it is to take a day off because I just kind of absolutely unwound and it was really good. And I, it was, I felt like it was needed. So I was glad to be able to do that. And then on top of that, <clears throat> sorry, I've been uh, on the house hunting game and uh, finally have uh, found something and it's going to be done here in the next uh, few weeks. And then my close date is on the uh, is in July, the early July. So I'm excited for that. Uh, it's going to be a brand new chapter in life and uh, a new responsibility that I'm welcoming and I'm ready and, and excited for. So cool development. Well, I'm a little bit mad at you because I feel like I've been looking for houses longer than you have. And then you were just like Sim Sim Salabim. And then all of a sudden (laughs) you're closing on some shit. And I'm, I mean, to be fair, I'm trying to buy this house to not reside in from my landladies. And they're kind of like dangling it in front of me. But, uh, and, and again, I'd like to purchase it and, and maintain it and then you know go from there but yeah you you got that shit with the gypsiness dog you got uh-huh. nice crib and i had to fuck with you too i was like hey uh knowing good and well i've got 700 dogs <laughs> i was like i was like hey man uh, i may need to rent a room from you like, <laughs> just, just to see what you'd say well, and you were like honestly for a second i thought about it i was like man it'd be like of course i want you know i want to be able to help any you know my friends out and stuff like that but um, that's kind of the so part of the premise for today's episode is that I certainly realized that even though you have, the, and if you, if you really need to, I would absolutely help. But I think at the end of the day, there's something that there's something to be said about me needing to help myself and take care of myself and, uh, have a space of my own. And I feel like that is something that I believe that a lot of men need. And just a lot of people need in general. And, um, and I, the reason for that kind of, it it got me to talk to my, um, talk to my therapist about it. So for a while, the, the idea was like, Hey, I'm probably not going to be in town. I'm probably going to get out for a little bit, do some traveling, have something real modest and like small and like an apartment or something like that, just so I can get out or I can just be away. But there have just been different, a different mindset shift. You know, my dad has gone back to uh, Nigeria and he's he's going to be there for a while. And uh, then, of course, there's one of there's just that idea of being being raised and prepared to to just to take over, you know, to help out and be a be like a, a pillar of the family. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, so with my mom being here. It was like, okay, that's something that, that I thought about really hard. And so it really started making me like start looking at different stuff. But then on top of that, um, there was that importance of having a space of my own. And I think that for men, and again, a lot of people, if we don't have a space that we can truly call our own, 
Um, and it's, it's not about like renting versus buying or anything like that. It's just having your own space. One right. that really, really feels like you, like you curated it, you made it yours. Um, I think if you don't have that in place, everything becomes kind of temporary. And that's what kind of happened with me. Um, I realized that when I have a space that is, I guess for my standards, relatively inexpensive to maintain, and it just doesn't take much effort or anything, um, that same, uh, that lack of effort, if you will, I didn't realize that it translates to other parts of life. You know, like the connections that I would make, the the things that I would do, everything just seemed temporary. It wasn't full 100%. You know, I don't really uh, have something that it's like, that I'm proud to show people, you know? And uh, that's something that... That's not like, what I heard. That's shut not- up. Shut up. <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Topics doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that's, hey, that's you a cra- long time ago you crashed, that. You crashed it with your giant dog <laughs> that old nigerian black snake boy <laughs> <laughs> you whip it out it's like huh <laughs> so what no sorry that's that's terrible that's oh well but but, <laughs> but 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 what you're saying makes a lot of sense it's basically like you know okay if you have a dollar, you're more likely to spend the dollar than you are to break a hundred. You know, like if you've got a dollar and like somebody's got like, Hey, I've got a chili cheese dog right here. And it's a dollar. You got exactly $1. You like, give me that mother. Give me that motherfucker. Right but there. if you've got a hundred dollars, yeah. But if, if you stand in there in front of that same motherfucker with a hundred dollar bill and you buy it in your own business and they're like chili cheese dog, $1, you are not about to break a hundred dollar bill yeah. for a chili cheese dog. Not usually like I, I'm saying that in general, but like, I'm really, I really am the kind of motherfucker to break a hundred dollar bill for a chili <laughs> cheese though. But I get like three or four of them motherfuckers. Yeah. But anyway, like you're, it, it's, it very much sounds like the notion of living moment to moment, yes, like a, moment a, moment. a series of moments that don't really culminate in anything meaningful Versus having something that uh, that you have a little bit of tangible foresight yes, regarding, exactly. and exactly. and a little bit and a little bit more like um, uh, personal utility and being an active participant in your own life because when you're living in those moments and the way you have been living, you're kind of just, again, going with the even flow of the fucking tide to a degree. You're you, like you said, you're not really being as mindful about who you're surrounding yourself with, what you're doing, how you're spending your time. How you're um, spending money, dude. Yeah. Like, dude. It's, it's dude. Let me tell I'll, I'll, I'll give you an example. So because my rent is, is really low. Like, I literally will my my credit card bill every month when I pay it off. It's like it's pretty high, you know, and and over time I was just like, oh, it's nothing. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. But something hit where I was like, this is fucking irresponsible. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then it's like I need to and I, I there's that I, I don't want to say that it's one of those things where it's like when you when you get more or you make more, you have to match that. That's not what it is. I I don't, I don't drive with that at all. You know Um, it's just one of those things. It's like, I'm, I'm almost, I'm living irresponsibly below my means. And, um, and I think that 
that's ha- that's happening psychologically and all sorts of other stuff. I mean, just think about it. Like when you surround yourself with with um, with good people that that all kind of elevates you. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like if you're if you're around a bunch of smart people, that makes you want to be smart. And I'm not saying that's no knock on anything or anyone here, but like I just feel like I'm being kind of a man child, and uh, that's not super responsible right now. You know, I used to joke that, oh, this is like being in your, you know, being 30 and in my situation, or whatever is like being in your 20s, but like with just more resources. And it's like, damn, that's not really I guess I just realized this, that's not the way to go. And I'm tired of the temporariness. Is that a word? Temporariness? Whatever. I'm just tired of things being temporary. And uh, so when I have a domain of my own. Uh, this something that I can protect, something that I can display the things that I love, something that I'm proud to bring people in and, and more and I'm more choosy or more uh, judicious about the people that I bring around. I think that that's going to really elevate things across the board for me. Well, and and I can relate on a level in that I've, I've very much made the house that I reside in my home. Like mm. I enjoy it. I like I. I I won't, I like my neighbors just fine. Like, mm-hmm. and, and for me to say, I like my neighbors, you know, I don't just throw around like, yeah, yeah. I, I I'm like either like indifferent is baseline for me. Mm-hmm. Like I'm kind of like, eh, fuck it. but I, none of them bother me. Even like the persnickety old man that live across the street that means well, and is super smart. Like he's a retired professor, but he's meticulous as shit about his lawn, but mm-hmm. it makes me, um, it makes me more meticulous about my lawn because I know he's ju- he's judging me, but he's not judging me in a way that's like, oh, Chris is a piece of shit. It, it's just I can tell it's causing him anxiety. He's like, God damn it, I look out my window and this dude like he has Jumanji it, sitting in his it, fucking front yard. Yeah, so I get out there and I mow that shit. And and that's that's a, a modicum of accountability that's built into this yeah. environment that I have around me, you know, and then also I'm known like I'm, I'm kind of a in case of emergency break glass kind of dude. Like nobody bothers me, but they all know, you know, I work in community mental health. Mm-hmm. I'm strong. I, I carry uh, firearms. Um, I'm not a hothead. Like if you need my help, like come. This is the house to come to. So they enjoy having me. I feel like I serve a purpose in this little micro community at the end of this cul-de-sac. It's not the hood, but it's just hood enough for me. Like it's There's not no hood kind of, in Bowling Green. No, well, not really, but, but, but there's rough but, areas, but there's no, you know, yeah, the, the rough. And, but I will say those, those rough little enclaves to call them the hood is an exaggeration. Because oh the yeah. Hood, the hood would encompass a, a much larger geographic yeah. area. Yeah. But, but there are little enclaves of, of Bowling Green that are, uh, that are as sketches anywhere that you would find in any metropolitan area. Really. There are little stretches and, and I'm exposed to it purely by virtue of, you know, the populations that I serve. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm actively going out and seeking it and finding it. So it's, it's more apparent to me. So I'm over here where I'm at. It's kind of like um, lower middle class. And mm-hmm. like, you know, where I like, yeah. there, there are, I like where you are. 
Yeah, there's not skanky houses around. No. Like everything's like two and three bedroom, yeah, like one like one, and, one and a half bath. Um, but the thing is with me is, you know, I've I, I've been able to really improve myself by this just being mine and making mm. making this my own. Um, you know, clearing out all my debt, getting my credit up, being pre-approved for fucking home loan, um, starting a, a successful side business that has effectively doubled my goddamn income, Mm -hmm. um, starting another business here soon that is going to add even more to that. Um, Are you doing the whole dance thing? Is that what you're, well, I'm, I'm (laughs) me stripping in the evenings. No, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm gonna, uh, I'm going to be uh, starting a, a working dog program, oh, a sweet. working dog breeding program. And, you know, I'm not going to be uh, for for these ad- adopt don't shop people like you can shove it up your fucking ass. Like, yo, Ernie, Ernie was adopted. He is not a working dog at all. This right. motherfucker is laid in the same place for the most of the day. And he just growls at people like yeah. that's about it. Well, he, and he's he just grumbles like he's like he just grumbles. But. Yeah. But I get specific things with specific genetics to serve specific purposes. And yeah, there's um, nothing wrong with that. I think it's a great idea. No. And, and it's all about being responsible with it and not not flooding the market with unhealthy, unstable animals with people that are ill prepared to to have something to do with them. But yeah. the folks that will want one of my dogs are the same. It's as much of a decision as like. Bring, buying a horse or something yeah, like yeah. that like it's a huge undertaking but do you think that that is going to be a part of the or do you think if that's part of the uh the i don't want to say the image but the mindset that you're sort of thinking to like you know how i've just been talking about having a place of my own that's that's one of the things that you probably require to feel more um to feel more accomplished or whatever to like really help steer you in the direction that you really want to go is that is it fair to say that? I, I will say that that yes, like if if we're to break down limitations mm-hmm. to to where we get to go in any direction or trajectory or tryout, whatever it is that we decide to do, this is like a lifelong dream of mine, and I'm able to get the ball rolling on Ooh. it at at a relatively young age. You know what let, I'm saying? Let me tell you this. So this is this what you when you said a lifelong dream i right now i have and you're gonna it's gonna sound corny and i probably said it before in an episode right what i have now is merely a place to sleep but i don't have a place to dream you know i don't have a place to to just be one thousand percent like open and it's there there's nothing really there's nothing like my roommate or anything like that is doing to like limit me. I just know that I need to be by myself. You know what I mean? Right. Like, and I think that when, when you have a place to dream, you, you curate it and you make it into, you, you defend the, uh, the feel of that place. You defend the look of that place. You make it look good. Just like you were saying, you take care of your lawn. You like that stuff is important to me. I have someone, I have someone that mows this lawn, you know, I like to garden. There's, there. I can't make it's a, a white. Per, it's a white person, isn't it? Fuck you. 
<laughs> oh, I thought you were saying it's like a white person thing. I was like, bitch, I love garden. That's for everyone. No, I'm saying like you you look out your window with that creepy smile when there's a white man mowing your yard. No, like it's not. It's it's not a white dude. <laughs> it's, it's not. not God no. damn it. <laughs> but well. these guys are friendly. But like, you know, when when stuff um breaks, I'm not good at fixing stuff at all. But I, I just like to, to learn about it. I like to explore. And then, of course, I'll use my home warranty and call someone to come and fix yeah. it. But, like, I just, um, I just like the idea of my own stuff. And I think that that is crucial for me to move forward in life. Um, that's something that I had before, you know. And you, you remember how happy I was to, to have, the, you know, my deck and my pool and all these other things. And, like that, that, and, and taking care of my lawn, that was something that I felt really yeah. proud of. And when I don't have those little responsibilities or it's just, it just makes it, uh, I don't know. Well, that makes everything temporary. Well, and, but, but to me, like, and now like, I don't know, I've known you for a long time, but, Mm -hmm. but knowing you now and knowing which, which you are going to what groove that I imagine that you're ultimately going to kind of settle into and, and hone yourself and, uh, and, you know, steel sharpened steel, so to speak, like mm-hmm. you were talking about how, you know, surrounding yourself with the right people to put yourself in the right positions so that you can facilitate your own success and, and not in like a disingenuous way. No, yeah. But, not a disingenuous way. No. Right. But, but you, you have effectively lived, um, another you lived a whole other lifetime and the Mm -hmm. thing was within that lifetime um the problems that you were jousting with were irreconcilable fucking problems Mm -hmm. but but that clue was willing to 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 go down with the ship Mm -hmm. and the clue that i know now is one that initially you know it, it there's been a lot of there's been a lot of changes like i mean i've I've seen you go in different directions and come back to different thoughts and feelings and behaviors and predilections. And, and I knew it from the beginning. I mean, and you're bright enough to know, like to have the, the introspection to be like, obviously I'm going to have this period of like trying to refigure myself out, but mm-hmm. I've watched it third person, like, and it's been fascinating because I'm like, this is, this is where we get to see who Kalu is because we talked about in a previous episode, the fact that, you know, and and I don't know if Mark was on the episode or who was on the episode or if it was you, but I want to say that whoever the third person was kind of disagreed a little bit with the point, but I don't know if they were getting it. But the the notion that it's impossible when you get together with somebody really young, it's impossible to know what kind of personal growth you would have as an individual during those pivotal phases of 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 brain development, of social development, um, of sexual development, fucking everything across the board. When you get with somebody and get real serious young and settle down and are with them for an extended period of time and then are untethered, it's it's not, you know, you, you hear about the midlife crisis. You hear about the div- divorcee, like, 
40 something, 50 something year old man, but you and I, again, are still relatively young. Mm -hmm. And so you're, when it, when it's manifested in you, it's not cliche. It's manifested in you as holy fucking shit. Like it's, it's daunting. It's almost like take your breath away daunting because Mm -hmm. There's nothing to cling on to. There's nothing to hold on to. You can literally go in any direction that you want to. And it's a scary fucking thing. Whereas before the Kalu that I knew was, was living in a gilded cage. Like you would be like, you would have your nice things. You would, you had your deck, you had your pool, you had those things, but your whole psychology and demeanor and the way you carried yourself was much more concrete and it was and it was much more like you know the horses uh with the blinders on when they're mm-hmm. pulling pulling the carriage yeah. that was that to me that's that's who you felt like to me to a degree and i didn't you know it wasn't my place to contend with that being right wrong or indifferent because i know that the way i i stomp the earth is not a conventional way of stomping the fucking earth so obviously i'm not going to take issue with and be like, hello, this isn't how you need to live. But in retrospect, now looking at who I see before me, I'm like, you and I are a lot more alike now than we were then. Sure, sure. You you and I, are, we have a lot more in common now than we did then. The only difference is, is that I've been living this shit for a while, and I didn't go as deep out in the ocean as you did either. You were floating around in the fucking ocean for a while. And not to say that I didn't go do some floating around in the fucking ocean. You know, I have been in long-term relationships where I consigned a big portion of my identity to make the relationship work. And you did that. You did that on a lot of fucking levels. So outside of all of that internal tumult that that is occurring, your physical environment, your surroundings now that you are, you are, you are thrust into is basically you, you're looking for without even realizing it, or we are now realizing it and articulating it, a foundation and mm-hmm. a, a foundation to build on. Because I tell you what, no part of me, it, it, it it's very regressive and it, it there's, it's not a slight against people who have to take a step back. And it's not a slight against, um, people that can't afford to buy a home and aren't in a position to buy a home and have to rent. But I will say genuinely, it's a regressive thing to have your own place, a place to call your own and then go and rent from another motherfucker. That's like, like it, like where you live, like where I live is much more like I basically own the house that I live in. Mm-hmm. Whereas you lived in a, a gated apartment complex kind of area. Yeah. Like it was nice, but it was still like a, an apartment complex. Mm-hmm. And psychologically for a human being that is all about, okay, I'm, I, I want to, I want to jet set out and get started on a foundation. There's not a foundation to be had in a low rent apartment. Mm -hmm. There, there is a foundation to be had in a house 
And I'll say from my own personal experience, a house where I can have two American Pitbull Terriers and two Kane Corsos and my fenced-in backyard and my workshop and mm-hmm. my two-bedroom two house and my two 65-inch flat-screen TVs. That's ridiculous. And my That's two so refrigerators. Yeah, and that my two, so excessive. Jesus my, Christ. My two refrigerators that have like 150 pounds worth. Aren't, yeah, of aren't you feeding your them. dogs raw? I've only feeding the Stromo raw because he's uh, he he he, he, he gets he gets allergies. Well, he eats um, a chicken thigh quarter, like the leg and the thigh, uh, some liver, his supplement, some apple. And then he gets red meat a couple of times a week and some uh, kefir. But, and I switch it up some. But uh, the other dogs, shit, there ain't no. I, I just don't want it. Feeding raw is is meticulous and it yeah. varies per dog. And I've got his figured out. Soleil can't eat raw. That's why she got sick and I had to spend. Uh, $600 at the vet because she got some gastroenteritis or whatever because she just, her little system doesn't digest raw food like yeah. Nostromos. Sure. And then I've, and then I've got two kind Corsos that are going to weigh a hundred and fucking 20 pounds. I'm just going to get massive amounts of expensive kibble and feed those yeah, bitches. Yeah, yeah. But, but again, I digress. I, I live in this, this place and I can attest that it has afforded me the clarity to sit, you know, with myself and not just in myself, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's an interesting thing that like I watched a a friend of mine graduated from the counseling program at WKU over zoom. And we went over to uh, a, a colleague, a work colleague. Um, we went over to another work colleague's house for that Zoom meeting. Shout out. It, it was actually Angelica um, oh, yeah. who was on the show. So shout yeah. out to Angelica. How's Hefron. the baby doing? Well, it, it, she hasn't come yet. They, they're calling her AJ. So I say I call her apple juice. But apple juice. Yeah. And she gets, and Angelica gets mad. She's like, the baby's name is not apple juice. I'm like, forever apple juice. Forever apple juice. Yeah. But, but we went and, um, went to her little ceremony or graduation ceremony and Dr. Dye was on there. And Dr. Dye said something about sitting with yourself instead of sitting in yourself. And I was like, wait a motherfucking minute. That's what we say. (laughs) I was like, either she came up with that, um, independent of us, somebody else came up with that independent of us. And she heard it. She heard it from us. That's awesome. <laughs> well, because we because we didn't hear it from anybody. We came yeah. up with that fucking concept independent of the fact that I'm sure it's existed long before we were born. Somebody has articulated that in some capacity. But um yeah, be, being here has afforded me the ability to actually, okay, I, I can plant my heels, I can have whatever I fucking want. If I work for it, I only have to worry about me and, you know, there for a minute, dog, I was doing double duty because I was taking care of this place. And then I basically had a family like uh, mm-hmm. when I was dating yeah, uh, the, the la- yeah. that last girl that I was dating who had the 
the seven, eight-year-old son, um, I, you know, I invested in that. I invested yeah. fully in that. And, and that was where, that's where I, I, I laid my hat. You know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, I was, I was invested and I was okay with that, but I was still maintaining all this shit financially. And then in the aftermath of that, um, in the wake of that, and again, I, I wish her nothing but the best. I mean, we got no business being together. Love her to fucking death. Love that little boy to fucking death. And I wish them nothing but the best. Most of her family can eat shit. Um, <laughs> but they're just raggedy. They are raggedy. And I'll, and let them say something to me because I know that they, they're fucking uh, racist dingalinks. But anyway, um, and not the fun kind of racist like we are, yeah. but the... Uh, you can't be given our secrets, dude. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. It's not a secret. I got everybody to send you. Do you think <laughs> do, you, do you think any person that knows you or I would be like if they were asked the question, <laughs> do you think Kalu and Chris say racist shit behind closed doors? They'd be like, absolutely. They say it on Facebook. Like they actively, <laughs> they actively say terrible shit on Facebook. I'm like, we just, you know, when you've got, well, I just, fo- I just, you know, I just think that Nigerians are better than everyone else. They used to be what? called patriotism. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and that's what's funny to me because I'm Melungeon, and Melungeons predicate our existence on not giving a fuck what nobody thinks, and yeah. we think it's fucking hilarious because we're just <laughs> I'm super racially ambiguous, and then I'm an amalgam of all this other shit. So I'm like, y'all, motherfuckers, fight amongst yourselves. It ain't got, no, it ain't got nothing check, to do check with your phone, me. Dude. Check your phone real quick. You sent me something terrible, didn't you? I did. It's my oh. dream. Hold on. <laughs> oh shit. Oh, that's so good. Oh, it's so good. Oh, damn it. It's just, look, look, I know listeners are like, I wonder what these, these smash bags are fucking. They can't know. Look, I'm just. No, don't say it. No, 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 no. I'll edit it out. Don't say it. No, just don't. I can't say it. No. I can't say one part of it. No. Okay. Well, anyway, you know. The uh, the man childness aside, and I don't know what brought us down this path talking about all this shit. But anyway, like me me residing here, oh her busted ass racist family, yeah. <laughs> uh, they uh, you know, again, nothing but love for her. Um, wish her the best and the little boy the best. But now that I'm here. And, you know, the dust has settled on that relationship having been completed. I'm like, God damn, I, I have got it so good. Like I got, I can, I can get on eBay and buy almost whatever I want to off eBay. Like I could go buy a second vehicle if I wanted to. Like, so is that what is that? Um, is having your own domain, is that what has, uh, is that what the kind of clarity, the, the ability it gives you? Well, I'll, I'll say, I, 
what I was kind of getting to to a degree is that I have um I've got kind of one foot in and one foot out mm. because I'm waiting. I'm in this holding pattern to purchase the property that I I reside at. Um, but the moment that I if if my landlady tomorrow was like, okay, I'll sell it to you, blam. Let's go ahead get this. Make sure everything is going pass an inspection first of all. And then, you know, get the inspection, get all that, go through all the, the shit, and then um, put my down payment down, you know, close on this yeah, motherfucker, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, it, and then it become mine. And then I'm putting dope-ass, like, Pacific Northwest privacy fence all around this motherfucker as, long, as far as code will allow, like Bowling yeah. Green City code, because I know they ain't going to allow me to just turn this into, like the citadel over here on Henry, but, um, I'll, you know, I'm a fence in the entire property. I've got a, I've got a great big old dick superfluous to me because it's it's a it takes up and you've been there it, it's <laughs> like the size of my fucking house like yeah. i have a back like a wooden back patio deck porch whatever you want to fucking call it that is so expansive that it's like surface area is comparable to like the the surface area like that i'd walk on inside of my home pretty like it's it may be half the size but it's still a lot I'm probably gonna pull the motherfucker up, yeah. Have more yard, and then and then have me something that connects, like covered that connects my house, the main house to the uh, to the workshop. Convert the workshop completely into like a secondary living area with kennels too, climate control with kennels, and then have a carport on the side of the house, like maybe a mobile one. I don't give a fuck. I ain't, you know, if it gets real breezy though, it might end up a street over, but I don't really give a fuck. Have me a little carport on the side and then have a fence, like a gated area, a double gated area, because I'm going to be breeding big fucking scary, like guard dogs and shit, a double gated area where like I go in, shut the gate behind me, like pull in, shut the gate behind me and I can just park inside of there and then, and then go and unlock and then have the second area. And I've got dogs running around every fucking where. And that's the things that's day one shit. That's like, as soon as, as soon as this becomes mine, 
there's going to be all this proliferation. I, I will be like, oh, instead of me putting money towards $3,500 of DoorDash that I've and yes. that, that, and I, that's an embarrassing amount of DoorDash. Like yeah. I, I know people will probably want to fight me here and that <laughs> I've spent, spent that much money, but since November I've spent almost $3,500 on fucking DoorDash. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. I mean, part of it, I had COVID. I know at least a thousand of it, probably over a thousand of it was during like me being quarantined with COVID. You literally but, called me and I brought some over to you. Yeah, I know. But I, it was, again, it was new and I was like, bro, I'm fancy as fuck. Let me go yeah, ahead. And, I understand. Blah, blah. Yeah. But Dude, anyway, I was that, gonna that's, t- that's, that's all I was, I was getting to is that I'm, I'm, the fact that I do not own this, that I do not have my roots in here, that's even as much as I've proliferated and as much as I've grown and developed, that one additional step will spurn all this additional mm-hmm. poten- potential growth within me. So I can only imagine you making the leap, a much more yes. profound leap from living in a fucking closet with an, a, another dude in an, another room to having your own three bedroom home yeah. with, with a nice little yard, which I imagine you're going to get fenced in and then you're going to mm-hmm. be bar- barbecue Jones over there. Oh yeah. I, I be can a kid only, off my lawn. Wilson. Yeah. I can only fathom. Yeah. I can only fathom the you know, profundity. One of the things that <laughs> I, I really liked or that I really noticed um, since being in, in this apartment for the past uh, almost a year is that whenever I go to someone else's house, I am, I'm just, I'm in awe and I'm a little bit envious of, of just how much that they've curated their environment, how much they've made it their own. You know, I don't care if they live in an apartment. I don't care if they live in a house, like it's the things that they've done to make it theirs and to make it feel like it's their home and it's their safe space and it's their comfortable area. Like I just love that from, and, and where I think I screwed up, is the moment that I got in here, I was like, this is only temporary. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, and I thought that the entire time, like, I'm not, this is only temporary. This is only temporary. Then it that bled into other things, you know, going through and eating, uh, going out to eat, like, all the time, you know, just because you, there's just that extra responsibility or that, that lack of responsibility that I had. I wasn't having to, you know, put money into like lawnmower stuff or, or pool chemicals or anything like that. It was just, that was your DoorDash, man, bro. Hell yeah, it was. And then just being able to do whatever I wanted and just not think twice, bro, just looking at my Amazon shopping cart and all this other stuff and just being like, I can just pull the trigger and then not doing it. You know, it was just, it was, it was interesting. It was liberating for a little bit. And then over time it started to feel irresponsible. Um, because I, I'm just not, I don't think I'm serving myself and it's, it's bleeding into work. And, and that's why I think that, that if I have a space of, of my own, or if I have a place that I can dream, not just a place that I can sleep, that's where I think things will be better. And I, I really think that there's a lot of people that are out there that have that same thought there. They feel like maybe where they are in life is more of just a holding area. And there's something out there that's bigger, but I had to realize that there's, there was a risk that I had to take. I had to pony up and I had to decide, are you going to stay here or or not? If you're going to stay here, dig the fuck deep, you know, dig deep, get your roots going. You can, I can, there's still time to leave, but if you're going to be somewhere, you need to 
that place where you are, you need to make it yours, you know? Well, and, and I think that very much is in the same vein of the common statement that we make of nobody's coming to save you. No one's coming to save me. Yeah. So anybody that's listening and and it's not to discount, um, the deck being completely and utterly stacked against you, but, um, feeling sorry for oneself is a wasted emotion. Um, and also sympathy seeking Mm. is it's a drug and it's, and it's a really like, I don't know. I, I don't like it. It's not, it's not my, my substance of choice, but it's detrimental to your well being. It's Mm -hmm. like consumption. It'd be more comparable to somebody that's addicted to uh, soft drinks or something like that. Something like that. If you're addicted to sympathy. So you have that duality. Even if you've got a, a hand dealt to you, that things are, we can be realistic. Like there's not all of us are going to fucking make it. And we've said that before on the podcast, there's just no way. And and that isn't to espouse beliefs in social Darwinism. That is just to acknowledge the reality, the harsh reality that is existence. That is yeah. being conscious of the world around us. We're not all going to fucking make it no matter what system is set up and put in place. There's going to be some collateral at the other end of it. However, people that are sitting around um, and just going through the motions and thinking this is, this is only temporary Mm. and hanging on to it and temporary. Next thing you know, you look up temporary has been five years and five years is still temporary. Fuck 20 years is temporary. An entire lifetime is temporary. However, if you're sitting around waiting for something to happen, <clears throat> the chances of it occurring are infinitesimally small. I mean, you, yes, you're, you're playing the lottery with destiny. Essentially, yeah, that, Dude, that's a perfect, that's a perfect thing that you said, just sitting around waiting. And I think that's one of the things that I did is when I'm, when I had that mindset of just, this is, this is temporary. The, the opportunity for this to be my space was always there. You know, I, I, it's not for anyone to give me the space. It's for me to claim it. And I made the choice to not claim it. And so the fault is all mine here. And so that's why I'm kind of self-correcting now and taking these steps to actually claim this space. And I realize how much space I want to claim because I think that that's going to scale with the amount of responsibility and, and, and how, um, how I choose to, or, or I wanted to elevate my trajectory and my responsibilities and all that kind of stuff, because I, I feel like I am not to use a cliche term, but built different. And, uh, I, I want that. Well, and, and I, I, you and I try and avoid cliche terms because cliche terms result in people jumping like eight steps to a conclusion, yes. but not, not yes. only about the point you're making, but the type of person that you are mm-hmm. like you and I are not inherently a subservient follower type individuals. I'm, I'm like, I'd rather f- fucking die than, than be under somebody's thumb through perpetuity. Like I just, I'm not, I'm not wired that way. Yeah, it's not something that I control can control. 
And we, we do have to make allowances for, you know, psychological variation. There are plenty of people that want to be led, that have the desire to be subservient, uh, male, female, and anything on either end or in between um, regarding sex or gender. There, it, there is a vast array of predilections when it comes to that. However, ladies and gentlemen, if you're listening to our podcast, when we speak to something, we speak our truth. We speak things that we can attest to, and we try to be, we try and uh, parse through them because Kalu and I, albeit we we are dear friends and share certain commonalities we are very very different creatures in a lot of ways we we've just had this convergent evolution when it comes to thought on stuff so that that's where the difference resides it's not this homogenous program where you've got chris and kalu that are very similar beings we and anybody that knows us knows how diametrically different we are on a lot of things. But on other things, we (laughs) share commonalities with what, what those commonalities look like and how they manifest themselves that that's debatable. But again, my long winded bullshit aside, there are plenty of people out there that, that have no desire to exist the way that you and I, want to exist and that's totally fine and and again like you know so socioculturally and genetically both of us come from people that are designed to go and carve out their own little fucking belligerent spot in the world Mm -hmm. and and do well by their own personal fucking standard whatever we deem yeah. our own personal standard of doing well is that's, that's literally what my that's dad's nigeria right now at 74 is right. to finish is you know he's had this lifelong goal of having a house for our family over there and it's almost done and he's he he wants to go there and see it through and it's like i wish that he i think that is a terrible time to be traveling there right now but um I, I can't help but respect his decision. I don't like it, but I have to respect it because I know that he's driven by something bigger than him. And um, I think that I'm finally finding that stuff right now. You know, we again, and you can tie it to masculinity. I do think it is tied to some of my masculinity, at least my personal level of masculinity. I need that space. I need that purpose. I need something like that. And, uh, that that is the measure of you know that is part of the measure of success for me i don't want to be stagnant you know there's i can always be doing better well, and and, uh, do and, I? and 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 you know touching on the notion of masculinity i think a lot of times people intellectuals or pseudo intellectuals are quick to throw uh masculinity in the trash yeah or I hate or, that or or, or, or just quite simply gloss over it and look at it as a caricature of what it really is. Yeah. But, you know, walking, being a walking manifestation of conventionally masculine, for the most part, conventionally masculine characteristics and, and uh, predispositions. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not necessarily a fucking negative thing. It's, I take pride in in handling fucking business on my own and, and embodying not, not to other people, but to myself embodying 
like like when I look to the dogs that I keep, like the bravery, the the renowned bravery of the American Pit Bull Terrier, that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, you you could talk about, and it's not some macho shit. It's not like yeah, I've got this tough dog. No, I just identify with that, and I appreciate that, and and I aspire to be that. So why not surround myself with beings that are hardwired to be that fucking way? Yeah. But but the the masculine element of it to me is um and and it's kind of a, a conventional gender role thing to a degree also because it, it, no no part of me was ever raised and and it's different with you you were raised we were raised very differently when it came to gender roles because you had a conventional nigerian household mm-hmm. and gender roles are clearly defined for the most part in a conventional of yeah. Nigerian household. Mm-hmm. Well, a single mother, you know, Melungeon Jehovah Witness and two older sisters and then my little ass, that's not, there's no room. Like, I just got bullied by women constantly. Like, I was just got my ass whooped by by angry, verbose women constantly that did not consign themselves to any particular gender role. Nobody was particularly feminine. Nobody was particularly masculine, anything like that. But now where I'm at in life, um, I, I enjoy being alone. I enjoy my solitude, my personal utility, the fact that my only responsibility is to take care of myself and my, my canines where I reside at currently. But I would I'd be lying if I didn't say that there isn't some desire to have a little partner in crime that I give a little bit more to than I expect in return. Yes, dude, that's that's a thousand percent uh, what I I feel is is needed for me. What I what I not needed, but that's what I want, you know. And I but I know that to do it right, I have to do these things. You know, right. I, I need to be able to, yeah, have you heard that, um, that question? I think they, they used to use it in like Google interviews and stuff like that. How do you fit an elephant into a refrigerator? And, you know, my answer to that is to build a bigger refrigerator. I need to build an infrastructure and I need to build an environment that is worthy of a task that is worthy of the good people I want in my life. That is worthy of the type of woman that I want in my life. All that kind of stuff. I need, I want to, I choose not I need to, I choose to build an environment that is worthy of that. And so it's not going to be done sitting right here. You know, it's not going to be done where the place I work, you know, which, you know, my computer, I work from home is in the same room as a place that I sleep. I hate technology in the bedroom badly, dude, badly, badly, badly. I, you know, I, I believe that rooms serve different purposes and stuff like that. And everything's just kind of mixed up, you know, and there's, there's this, um, all that again is tied to it's tied to my purpose. It's tied to my mission. And I think that there's people specifically a lot of men, because that's the, that's the lens that I know. There's a lot of men that need that, that that's what we run on and we need to have a, a greater mission. And uh, when, when that's in place, I think we're hopefully bound for some kind of growth or some kind of success or development or whatever. Well, and, and that's, again, uh, that might be, I might be a little bit old fashioned in this capacity. Yeah. yeah, Call me old fashioned. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. And and I might, I I might also be old fashioned in in this capacity, but 
I'd be lying if, if I said there wasn't a part of me that did have a desire again, not, not totally. And Mm -hmm. not, not entirely like I want a partner. I don't want a, uh, a dependent, you know, the, the, and, and I don't mean that in the, like, you know, tax sense. I mean, just in general, yeah. like I don't, I don't want somebody infantile that's beholden to me mm-hmm. that I, but I, I would absolutely no part of me find would find, um, a problem with having again, uh, some woman in my life that I again provided more, um, comfort security mm-hmm. for her than she did me in return in the same sense. You know what I'm saying? Her company is enough for me as far as affording me comfort, just being there, just being present, had somebody to experience things with, because, you know, going and checking out the Grand Canyon is dope, but it's way doper if you've got your little honey dip, which you did mm-hmm. is also, also has their mind blown because there's kind of like reciprocal elements with the, uh, neurotransmitters with that kind of shit too. But, you know, again, I, there's a fondness in the notion of, again, having a, uh, a partner, a, a little female counterpart. And I keep saying little, I don't care if it's you, you'd be six too. come holla at me. (laughs) But, um, but having, having a female counterpart that, um, that I just enjoy like providing for, like, yes, I love the idea and that might be some caveman shit. Like the idea of coming home after you've like killed a fucking woolly rhinoceros and you're like, mm-hmm. I did this shit yeah. like the, that satisfaction, but fast forward 200,000 years yeah. and we're, I'm like, this home is our home. This yeah. is not. This isn't my home. This is our home. Mm-hmm. But I provided it for us. Yeah. This this is our food. But I provided it for us. Mm-hmm. This is our trip. And and there's the butts aren't articulated. The butts aren't a contingency. They're not even brought up. They're not it's, brought up. No, they're they're there to they're there as as part of making filling your cup up, like just knowing like. I'm giving a piece of me, like I'm giving some of my time in tangible form to another human being, the greatest gift that I can give, because this person is giving me the greatest gift that they can. And that's their time. And theirs doesn't even have to be filtered in any way through if, if I facilitate an environment where my, my woman doesn't have to worry about bills being paid or, um, or her safety or a roof over her head, or, um, you know, I like to cook. Like I make sure there's dinner on the table every night. Um, if I facilitate an environment that allows her to be her best, yeah, dude, the, the company that, that other human being investing in you and affording you time, no matter what else they decide to do with their life, that is enough. That's mm-hmm. more than enough. That's the objective as far as partnership is concerned with me. And, and ultimately like, it's okay. It's okay to be alone. But if I'm honest, like th- that's the, really the goal. That's yep. really the fucking ultimate goal on this shit. Yeah. 
yeah, I like where we're going with this. And, you know, I really appreciate the, the fact that we, that we jived well on that. You know, I didn't know how, just how important something like that was to you because it is important to me. And it's, you know, it, when I, when I talk to people and stuff like that, I make it known that that's the kind of stuff that's important to me. You know, I, I want that, uh, whatever you want to call it. I guess that, that dynamic, you know, where there is a partner. Yeah. Kind. And, and on top of that, you, you like, you dote on each other. You know what I'm saying? Like oh, yeah. you are, you are absolutely like super supportive, super grateful, all that kind of stuff. Like that shit is big and it's gas. Like also I'm trying to get degraded every, every, you know, every once in a while, <laughs> you know, just like yeah. you see me walking and be like, bring that, bring that big old ass over here. Boy. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Come here. Come here. You, cool you look. Thing. You little thick ass war pony <laughs> motherfucker. Ass boy. Yeah. That shit is gas to me, dude. Talk man. Yeah. Trying to get yeah. yeah, I like it. Um, yeah, I think that something like that is I think that's secretly what everyone kind of wants. Well so and, we'll save that for another conversation. Well, and and I take I think honestly it takes a certain degree of vulnerability to admit that that's what you want. Yes. And but but admit it in in terms of like it not just being the convention to yeah. pair to pair off with someone and march into oblivion to reproduce pair off and march into oblivion like genuinely finding the the, the closest thing and this is some corny shit but the closest thing to magic in this world is finding that little inexplicable like connection with another human being on this mm-hmm. fucking planet. Mm-hmm. That's the most serendipitous fucking feeling. Yep. And not everybody's wired like it. Like for mm-hmm. real, there are, there are people that, that just don't experience, you know, romantic feelings. There are people that experience them to varying degrees, mm-hmm. but for me, for you, uh, and, and you know what? We talk about romanticism and the detriments, uh, the detrimental, effects of romanticism quite a bit on the show but you know when when you're talking about this particular thing and this is a breeder kind of thing the Mm -hmm. way that we're going about talking about it um the pejorative the semi-pejorative uh term for uh cis hetero you know males but we uh and females too uh, breeders but we uh Honest to God, man, it's just, if I think about it, my hubris has led me to say before, like, I, I figure I'll die alone. And that's me saying, that's honestly me self-aggrandizing and me being mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm too, I'm too unique and special or whatever to ever No, There, there are certain things, nothing's going to be ready made <laughs> really, really. You create the foundation that is devoid as, uh, of as many stressors as possible so mm-hmm. that you can give your best and you can receive the best from some other individual. And then that's where the real work begins. That's, yeah, that's, that's exactly where, right. That's where your foundation is. And, and it seems like you've done all this work and you've, you've already had your foundation laid a long time ago. But the truth is, is that you're always every endeavor requires a fundamental foundation to be set up beforehand. Yep, you're right, dude. Just like we were saying, you know, building the, that refrigerator needs to be big enough to handle that elephant. 
And uh, yeah, the foundation is the biggest thing that's needed. And, and once again, that is the the one piece that is missing. And uh, and I'll say this let this thing too. This made me understand why people lean on their faith so heavily, you know, because if they don't have like the physical foundation or all these other things, it, it really did click in my head. It's like this is why people are like, you know, they, they lean on their faith. They, they talk about their religion because I can see there were times where it's just like, fuck, man, is there what am I missing? What do I need to do? What do I need to add in or, or whatever? And uh, and I've never been opposed to 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 religion at all. You know what I'm saying? I, I have a different mindset when it comes to that. But it, I really did gain some perspective. And it's like I see why, the, you know, people's faith is their foundation. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I it, it was definitely a lot of growing. I learned I've learned a lot, but I cannot fucking wait till July the 2nd when your boy closes and I don't have to hear any more stomping on my fucking ceiling. That was something that are I hadn't, you, I hadn't heard that since I was like 10 years old, bro. <clears throat> are you, uh, are you going to have a 4th of July party? Hell no. <laughs> no. I'm going to see if the, if the neighbors have something, that'd be cool. But yeah. nah, I'm, I'm going to chill out, man. I like, I don't, I don't have grass, bro. <laughs> like I don't have anything. Like, I'll bring, no, I'll br- hey, I'll bring some grass. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to Pluto, <laughs> but no, there's like there, there's gonna or they're gonna put like sod and all that other kind of stuff down and plan everything, and I'm I'm ready for all that to get get set up, and then uh, I won't I don't think I'll, I won't be able to start my garden until next year, so I'm I'm really looking forward to being able to to have that in place and grow literally everything for salsa. So yeah, get yourselves ready. Well, um, you you more welcome come over here and uh, uh, power team on my garden. I'm gonna have more tomatoes than I know what to fucking do with. Oh yeah, I'll probably do that, man. I, I definitely will because I want to start canning and I actually want to work on a salsa and make one and uh, see what that see how that turns out. So, dog, it's all about it's all about the right chilies. You need yep. them them ha- hatch green chilies. Ah, I love hatch greens. Hey, dog, hatch green chilies is where it's at. Like, mm-hmm. growing the equivalent of that shit. And then, oh, and then, and then some sexy ass, like, uh, I've got a whole bunch of heirlooms planted. I've got yeah. three different heirlooms, um, along my fence line on one side of my house, mm-hmm. like where I can still open the, the gate and get the lawnmower in. Mm-hmm. And then on, the other side of my gate in between the the deck and the workshop i've got about 10 of hybrids that i've been growing for season after season that are going to just i mean take over the fucking porch yeah. so yeah i'm i'm excited for that are have you ever eaten a bush goliath tomato i don't think i have they are you bad. say bu- a, a bush goliath mhm is it an heirloom variety or is it some kind of propagated deal like that's uh, been let me see. Uh I'll see what type of tomato it is. Um let's see. I mean they're just they're big as they're just big. Um I'd say it's probably a a a man like a more like modern uh uh they're they're more sweet. Okay. Low, low acidity 
I guess so. Yeah, that's yeah. A, mo- a modern tomato. Uh, old school tomatoes, interesting thing with canning, um, modern tomatoes, generally speaking, do not carry with them the same degree of acidity mm-hmm. that that your heirloom varieties or old school varieties do. Therefore, you have to be a little bit more discerning and meticulous with yeah. the canning process so that you don't end up with some spoilage and ah. gas buildup. Like like Cherokee purples, bro. Have you ever had a Cherokee purple? No, I haven't. But aren't right. those ones more? Um, uh, those are more acidic, aren't they? Yes, they're they're yeah. a more acidic tomato, and and they are like I knew a, they're on the rank with like they're up there with like better boys and stuff like that. Well, they and these are an heirloom, and they're like a medium sized tomato, and they can be like a beautiful, uh, purpley bl- with like black, purple, and red. Look that up, Cherokee purple. A dog. Well, I've I've got one uh plant of Cherokee purple. So, and what ends up happening is uh, they'll all, like when they all will propagate and produce, they will fertilize each other. And in the process, like whenever I end up with volunteers each year, Mm -hmm. because anywhere I plant tomatoes around this motherfucker, I don't know why it's so fertile the ground is. Like, yeah. It's Salamander Central in my backyard too, which yeah. is a, a good indicator of it being yeah, a hospitable environment. Yeah. yeah, but um, they'll all interbreed, so you won't get I, like every year unless you were to just have like nothing but better boys in one area. Um, you're not gonna get oh that's that type of tomato. This is this type of tomato. They're gonna cross pollinate. And you're going to end up with hybrid varieties of all kinds of wild shit that's set up. Unless they're so gen- <clears throat> so genetically distinct that they don't pollinate each other. Mm. But but I, I do have these Cherokee purples that I'm excited about. I've got Pink Ladies. Um, and then I've got uh, some other uh, heirloom tomato that is specifically for canning. It's, a, it's just a, yeah. a red heirloom with a... a pretty thick skin that's easy to peel away yeah so that's what's up dude awesome stuff well dude i appreciate your time and all of you all listening i really appreciate your time thank you all for everything and you know just your support all that good stuff it's been it's been fantastic we took off last week and uh, i actually feel more refreshed there's i feel like if we you know space things out a little bit there there's tends to be a little bit more meat on the bone with our episodes so i feel good about this one and i'm pretty i feel pretty good about maybe doing it like every other week or something like that unless something kind of pops up you know what i mean um yeah and we're it just should busier, never be a you know? choice it, yeah, it should never, never be a chore yeah and and i mean i think it it isn't it isn't to our detriment to to go about this because this is for us at the end of the day we started this for us if we if we help people and it resonates with people along the way then good but the the i'm i like to think that i'm a better person now manifestly than i was when i started doing this podcast and i I feel like i have grown well and i'd like people if they've been following it or they're just now getting into listening to the podcast if you want to hear some cringy shit, albeit there's some funny shit too. I mean, there's mm-hmm. some, there's some, some deep introspection. There's some fucking, there's some profound stuff that we reach to and like 
uh, sociological theory and all that good stuff. And, and again, lots of jokes and candor, but the, the growth as individuals and the fluctuations yeah. as individuals that you see. If you want to, if you want to check out some cringe, if you've been following the show for a while or you just got into it recently, go back and, and listen to some of the uh, episodes that are up uh, closer to a thousand. Mm-hmm. Awesome shit, man. Well, guys, again, thank you all. Take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Do some dope shit this week, and we are out. Peace. <laughs>